it's good to be together again this Sunday morning. Church, if you could open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 11, that would be great. We are just in the midst of the summer here going to enter into a a mini-series entitled What God is Like. What God is Like. And we began that series last week as we looked at the subject of what God is like, gentle. We're going to return to our series, Seeing Christ in All of Scripture, after we conclude this series. But for the next number of weeks, we're going to be having our pastors in training, as well as John Reyes, preach um, in this series called What God is Like. And I'm really looking forward to the way the Lord's going to touch our hearts with seeing Christ and His character and His nature and seeing what God is like through the person of Jesus Christ. It's going to be a real blessing, and I'm really looking forward to it. And so Matthew chapter 11 is our passage of Scripture this morning, and we're going to be reading verses 25 through 30. So if you could read that together with me. Matthew eleven twenty-five through 30. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Again, what God is like, lowly, lowly. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your nature and your character. You are gentle and lowly, and we can come to you this morning and find rest for our souls because you promise that everyone who comes to you, you will not cast them out. You will not reject them like man rejects them. You are a God who will receive any sinner who comes to you in repentance and in faith this morning. And I pray we all would flock to you around the foot of the cross and we would remember your suffering and that we would be blessed as we see your shed blood which atoned for our transgressions. I pray that everyone in here would trust in your blood and in your righteousness because our hope is built on nothing less than on you, Jesus, on your blood and your righteousness. We wholly lean on your name. You are our solid rock, our foundation, the cornerstone And I pray that we would see you from Scripture afresh this morning. Holy Spirit, we pray for your power to come and to touch our hearts and change our hearts. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, brothers and sisters, as we look at this passage of Scripture this morning, I'm just affected by the reality of just how man often looks and portrays himself to us, but the difference between Jesus Christ and the way that he does. Dane Ortland in his book, Gentle and Lowly, says that we project onto Jesus our skewed instincts about how the world works. Human nature dictates that the wealthier a person, the more they tend to look down on the poor. The more beautiful a person, the more they are put off by the ugly. And without realizing what we're doing, we quietly assume that one so high and exalted, like Christ, has corresponding difficulty drawing near to the despicable and unclean, which is me. Sure, Jesus comes close to us, we agree, but he holds his nose. This high and holy Christ must certainly hold his nose before sinners like us, we think. So we project onto Jesus our skewed instincts about how the world works, and we tend to operate thinking that Jesus is going to be like the rest, but what we find in the Scriptures is that Jesus is holy, and not just in his conduct. What's so glorious about Matthew chapter 11 25 through 30 is we actually get a glimpse into who Jesus is in his very nature. This is, this is the one scripture where we get a glimpse when Jesus describes what he's like in his very nature. He uses the words gentle and lowly. Gentle and lowly. And we looked last week at how Jesus invites us to come to him. And we learn elsewhere in the Gospels that anybody who comes to Jesus, he will not cast out. And what contrast that is compared to the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the day, whom the people of Israel in this context Jesus was talking to, so often when a sinner would come before them, they would rudely cast them out or the Pharisees would look down upon them or look down their noses upon them in self-righteous disdain. And they would keep their distance and cast out and reject sinners. And we looked at this last week in a passage that I just am blown away by in John chapter 9. Do you remember the man that was born blind? I was so moved last week explaining uh, to all of us, just the glorious distinction of Jesus when the man born blind was healed by Jesus, and then he goes and presents himself to the religious leaders. They ask the man born blind about what happened to him, and he testifies that I've been healed by Jesus. And then in John chapter 9 verse 32, the word says, never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. 
If this man were not from God, the blind man now healed said, he could do nothing. And then the Pharisees and the religious leaders answered him, you were born in utter sin. And would you teach us? And they cast him out. That's man. Casting out, despising, and rejecting. But what is so awesome in verse 35 of John chapter 9 is this detail that when Jesus heard that they had cast him out, verse 35, Jesus goes and looks for him. This detail is just so glorious to me that he hears about the rough treatment that the Pharisees give to this man now newly healed. And when Jesus hears how roughly he's been treated by those who should have treated him with love and respect as religious leaders, and yet who were so rough and harsh with him, Jesus went looking for him. Jesus was different. And he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? And the man born blind, now healed, answered Jesus in verse 36. And who is he, sir, that I might believe in him? Jesus said to him, you have seen him, that it is he who is speaking to you. My wife Shannon and I were fellowshipping over this point last week, and we were just talking about how This is so awesome because he was born blind. When Jesus healed him in the early verses of the chapter, the very first thing that the man born blind saw was Jesus Christ, gentle and lowly, willing to touch him and heal him. What a sight for sore eyes. What a sight for blind eyes now opened to look and to see Jesus. And every blind man or woman who has ever lived, who has believed in Christ, when they get to heaven and enjoy the new heavens and new earth and receive their glorified new resurrected bodies, they're going to look into Jesus, into his eyes, just like the man born blind did. They're going to see him face to face. Blind eyes will not be blind forever. Disabled Christians will not be disabled forever. You have been healed and you will be healed. And heaven is going to be such a glorious, glorious place. But where the Pharisees were rough with him, Jesus was gentle. We talked about this last week, that his gentleness means that He's all-powerful, and yet he's not harsh. He has the ability, when he's hanging up on the cross, to utterly crush those who are hanging him up on the cross and murdering him, and yet instead, he prays, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He is gentle and not harsh. All-powerful, and yet gentle. Well, here in this sermon this morning, I want to look at the other word that Jesus uses to describe his very nature, and that is lowly. Jesus is lowly. This word, lowly, 
is in the original, it talks about someone who was of low degree, low estate. Literally depressed, humiliated in circumstance or disposition, brought low by life circumstance, cast down of low degree, lowly. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. The word used here in giving grace to the humble is actually the same word used here when Jesus says he's lowly. It's talking about a God-reliant man or woman and not a self-reliance. There's a contrast between the self-reliance of the religious elite and Jesus who is God-reliant. It means lowly in position or spirit. Not rising far from the ground, one translator said. To be brought low with grief. And I use the word already, depressed. In fact, this word lowly is used elsewhere. You read it in James when there's a command to associate with the lowly to the church. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. This is a description of those who are brought low. Jesus was not one of those put-together people who you felt like you had to keep your distance from. He was not a high-minded, look-down-your-nose-at-people person. He, instead of a pointed finger at others, Jesus opens his arms up wide, gentle and lowly, of low estate. Jesus grew up poor. He grew up in a city where someone said, hey, is anything good come from Nazareth? There's there's this description of him. He's not from high estate. He was born lowly in a manger. Mary and Joseph were poor. Nobody was looking at Jesus' lineage and saying, man, wow, look at this guy. Highly exalted. And yet, he's the most highly exalted being. And yet, He doesn't carry himself that way. We talk about this all the time about people. When there's people who are famous and yet they carry themselves lowly, we we say they haven't forgotten where they've come from. They're they're accessible. You could go up to this person and get an autograph from them. They're not going to be harsh with you. Well, that, that pales in comparison to describe the contrast between the greatness of Christ and yet his lowliness of nature. The Bible says that he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Lowly. I want you to marvel at him this morning with me. Let's look at him together, church. Let's give thanks to God for how awesome his character is because when we see Christ Later on, one of the disciples says to Jesus, Jesus, just show us the Father. And Jesus says, listen, if you've seen me and been with me, you've seen the Father. The Father's this way as well. The character of God is that he is gentle and lowly. He is not rough in handling sinners. He will receive you no matter what you are burdened down with this morning by way of sin or sorrow. 
Jesus Christ will receive you to himself. He's lowly and gentle. Jesus, by all accounts, seemed to have lost his earthly father, Joseph, at what seems to be a young age. A young man growing up without his father, earthly father. And no doubt that was a minor key playing in the background. A man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Isaiah the prophet says about him that he had no former majesty to attract us to him. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised. And we esteemed him not. You see Jesus coming and the majority of people are crossing to the other side of the street. He understands the shame and the humiliation of people looking down upon him his whole life. Poor, impoverished, depressed, a man of sorrows. And yes, this does not detract away from Jesus and all the joy that we see on his face in other passages of Scripture, but he understood the effects of the fall having created the universe by the word of his power and having created man himself. The high and exalted Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, clothes himself in flesh and comes down to save you and I. In Philippians 2, the song, the early church song, is so amazed and marveling that he was so high and exalted and yet did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped or to be held on to. But he's lowly. He'll let go of all that in order to save you. In order to come down into the dirty dust and save you and I through the humiliation of a death so shameful that Scripture says, yes, even, even death on a cross. He was not too high and exalted to stay away from the cross, to shun the cross. No, but he pursued the cross. He set his face resolutely like a flint toward the cross of Calvary so that he might come and be humiliated and die on that cross, bearing willingly and with joy, as Alex said to us this morning. Scorning the shame Because he was not so high and exalted that he was willing to lay it all aside and to empty himself of, not deity itself, that would be impossible, but to empty himself of all the prerogatives of deity, veiled to come and to take on flesh fully God and fully man, truly God and truly man, 100% fully God and 100% fully man, and embrace humanity, take on humanity, and to take on the nature of a servant. So the meaning of the word lowly actually overlaps with the word of gentle, and together they communicate a single reality about Jesus' heart. He was of humble estate. He was thrust downward by life's circumstance. If you're here this morning and you feel like life has beat you to a pulp, you have a Savior 
who understands what that is like. You have someone you can come to and cast those burdens onto because Jesus is gentle and lowly to all those who have been brought low by an awareness fresh of their sin. As you look at your current sin struggles in your life and consider that after having been a believer for so long, you still struggle with sin the way that you do. You might be tempted to think that God's going to hold you off at a distance. And instead, when you read Matthew chapter 11, the invitation is, come to me today. Come to me today. Because my arms are open wide to receive you if you repent and trust in me. Take my yoke upon you because I am gentle and lowly at heart. You will find rest for your soul. You will find peace this morning if you come to me. And so the invitation, my friends, this morning is for all those who have been brought low by life circumstance, by suffering, and have been brought low under a fresh conviction by the Holy Spirit of your sin, I've got good news for you. Christ is lowly, and he entered down into this world specifically to bear your griefs, to carry your sorrows, and as Corinthians says, he who had no sin became sin. For us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He was willing to carry the most shameful things about you on himself on the cross and to be punished for it himself. To die as your substitute, to die as my substitute in order to save you and I. For the children, I want to say to each and every one of you in Matthew chapter 19, verse 13, that the Pharisees and religious leaders, when the children were brought to Jesus, they, they told them to get away. They were seeking to cast them out. They rebuked them, the little children, for wanting to come to Jesus. But I've got great news for you this morning. If you are a child, though man and others might seek to cast you out and cast you aside and not hear your voice. In verse 13 of Matthew 19, it says, Then children were brought to him that he might lay his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked the people. But Jesus says, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them. Of course he did. He's lowly. We're so used to those who are high and exalted to just not have time for those who are beneath them. There's a story of the rapper Lecrae that when he was receiving the awards for his artistry from the secular world, he was invited to a party at one of the high up rappers homes and when he went to the party he said it reminded him of sort of a caste system of those who were sort of the haves and those who were the have nots 
there were those who were sitting around the pool who everybody wanted to clamor and get near. He said it was like high school all over again, but even worse because it was like they would only let the the elite rappers into their inner circle and everybody else was kind of cast off into the distance. And Christ was one of the ones who was off at a distance. He wasn't one of the ones in the circle saying, stay away. It's important for us to understand that about Christ. In high school, you had all of the popular kids. And then you had kids that many people didn't think about or didn't look to or didn't care about. Jesus would have been one of those. He would have been one of the poor kids who came from the poor section of town. Jesus would have reached out to the lowliest of the low because he himself was lowly. And yet, then when rich Zacchaeus comes under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and climbs up into the sycamore tree just to see Jesus. Lowly Jesus is not self-righteous toward the self-righteous back. But he says, Zacchaeus, I need to come to your house today. I'm lowly. I'll minister to the lowly and the depressed and the despised and the cast out. And I will come, Zacchaeus, to your house today. I will come and sit in the house of a known sinner And then when that sinner repays back all that he had stolen away, many times over in accordance with the laws of repentance and scripture and restitution, Jesus blurts out, salvation has come to this house today with joy. There is no one that Christ won't reach out and touch, no matter how low you are this morning, by life circumstance, having beat you up to a pulp, no matter how low you are coming in this morning, humiliated by the shame of remaining in dwelling sin that just will not go away, and you will not yet turn away from it, and you think there's no way that God could care about me this morning. He's got his nose clenched because I stink coming in here this morning of sin, Pastor. Though man might do what they would to distance you, Jesus will never treat you that way. Jesus comes before you with arms open wide, gentle and lowly, having been despised and rejected by men himself, having been tempted in every way as you and I are, yet without sin, Jesus comes all-powerful, but not harsh, gentle. And higher than all, yet lowly in spirit, willing to reach out his hands and touch every child because he has time for every child. And willing to touch sinners like me who though I love him so much, and I do, I love this gentle and lowly Jesus so much, I come in aware, as many of you do today, of how often I fail him, 
fall short of him and let him down. And after all my many years, even after having been a believer, of struggling with remaining indwelling sin, failing him time and time again, I want to testify to each and every one of you in this room, he has never cast me aside. (laughs) And he will never cast you aside. If you come to him this morning, others might cast you out. Jesus will take you in. Jesus will take you in. Because he's the best, isn't he? Isn't he wonderful? And he promises you and I this morning that when you come to him, he will not cast you out. And when you come to him, the promise in verse 29 is you will find rest today you'll find rest for your soul that's been weary down with sorrows you will find rest for your soul which has been weary down by much remaining sin Jesus knew all of that and he willingly hung up on that cross and willingly carried your griefs and your sorrows, and willingly took upon himself all of the filth of every sin of yours, past, present, and future, and everything associated with your fall into Adam and the radical corruption that corrupted your very nature. Christ came and took all of that upon himself and died. Even death on a cross. Yes, indeed, he was willing to stoop and condescend himself down to the lowest of depths of humiliation and sorrow. Church, in order to raise you and I to the heights of heaven, We deserve to go to hell forever for our sins. And yet Christ endured the hellish torments of the just wrath of God on the cross in our place. So that all who come to him this morning in repentance and in faith can have the joy of knowing that your sins are forgiven, your guilt is atoned for, and you have a Savior now who promises you that no one will ever snatch you out of his hand. Remember that though he is gentle and though he is lowly, when he takes hold of your soul and saves you, no one breaks his almighty, omnipotent grip. And so, he's got you right now. And he's never going to let go of you. He knows all of your sins. He knows all of your sorrows. And he's with you. He's in this with you. He dwells within you by the Spirit of God if you're a Christian. If you're not a Christian, I just want to 
invites you to come to Jesus this morning, there is no better Savior. There is no other Savior that you can come to but Him. And He will receive you. For He is gentle and lowly. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Amen. <laughs> Alex, why don't you come on up and lead us into worship and closing. Let's all stand, church. Dane Orlin in his book, Gentle and Lowly, said that when Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, he describes Jesus' yoke as a life preserver for a drowning man or a drowning woman. Who would deny a life preserver when you're about ready to drown? The yoke of Christ is a kind yoke. And I want to invite all of us to take the yoke of Christ upon us and to learn from Him this morning. For Jesus says, I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Lord, I pray for your blessing upon all of us this morning here at Christ Community, that we would take your easy yoke, your kind yoke upon us, that we would eagerly put it on as men and women who are about to be thrust into the stormy seas. Lord, your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. And Lord, we thank you that you are gentle and lowly. And that any one of us here this morning who are, who are very low right now, we can come to you for you are lowly. You care about each and every person in this room more deeply than we can even imagine. You are accessible. You are not distant. Your arms are open wide. Oh, Holy Spirit, would you empower us to run to Christ. Help us to run into his arms, even right now. Even all of us who have been believers for many years, help us to run to you and be restored and for our souls to be refreshed as we run into your arms and trust in you. We love you so much, gentle and lowly Jesus, for laying your life down on the cross for us and for rising from the dead. And we thank you that even at the marriage supper of the Lamb when we go there and we see you in your high and exalted, glorious, resurrected body, we thank you that even then you'll be serving us at table because you are lowly and it's your very nature. We are blown away that you would serve us even after having served us by dying for us to save us. We love you and we're so grateful for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful day, church.